Martin Luther in 1517 held a hammer before popes and kings and queens. He hit the nail on the head when the disputation was read, giving birth to a conversation. But the word quickly spread, and all the people said, This is gonna be a reformation. Hey, this is Michael Bridges from Lost and Found, and I'm standing here just uh, I'm 50 yards from the door of the Castle Church where Martin Luther posted his 95 Theses in 1517. I mean, I'm looking into the Castle Church right now as I stand here, but I wanted to take a minute to tell you, you're listening to Dorkness to Light. Darkness to Light, hosted by Emily and Alan Middleton. We aim to explore what takes place at the corner of theology and geekology. Episode 12, Luther 500. Welcome to Episode 12 of Dorkness to Light. This is our show where we take a look at pop culture in terms of where those stories interact with concepts of faith, religion, theology, or spirituality. And for this one, we're going to be talking about our recent European vacation. And what does that have to do with religion, faith, theology, and spirituality? Well, we went with a tour to Germany, the city of Wittenberg, mm-hmm. for a little something called Luther 500. If we want to go back to the beginning, it all started in the summer of 2004, I think as, a, as close as we can come to pinning it down, at the Alive Christian Music Festival around Canton, Ohio. Often at these festivals... The main stage is hosted by a comedian or radio personality, someone whose job is just to keep the audience engaged while the instruments are switched out behind them. The most basic of of MCs. Exactly. But this year, they had a band, a duo, doing those hosting duties, and they were great. They were funny. They played great music. It was just fun. So all afternoon... For multiple afternoons, they did that job of keeping the day light and fun, never letting there be a real lull between the main stage bands. And that band was lost and found. And we became big fans of them and saw them play various places around Ohio every couple of years, including once... Just, just about four minutes away. I can almost we see. We can point that way and we can see the Lutheran I, church yeah, down I, the corner. I can almost see the steeple over our neighbor's house. And it was about four years ago, probably at one of their shows, that they mentioned that they were preparing to host tours of Germany in 2017 in Wittenberg for the 500th anniversary of the Protestant Reformation. And M... Then my wife decided 
pretty much right then and there on the spot, would you say? Just about, yeah. That you two were going. And that, I mean, I was welcome to accompany you if I chose, but... I'm pretty sure that you sort of saw it and signed up the little... The little email notification. Sure, he was like, "Sure, I'm. I'm, I, interested. I'm interested in in, in, in conceptually. I, I was interested conceptually in getting some information. You and Mom had already committed to going. Yeah, and then I and then you told me, "Oh, I signed up for this with some information." I was like, "Great, that's that's awesome. We're just gonna like put that down. That so that's that's gonna be 2017. Um, summer that's vacation. Be, that's gonna that's be our summer doing. vacation, right?" And you were like, um, "What?" And I was like, uh, "Hmm." I mean, I mean, I'm getting the information. Sure, we'll we'll go through it, see what the details are. Yeah, okay. Are. No, I'm I'm signing up too, so that I can harass you about this. Like, this isn't gonna fall into your your spam folder on your alternate email account. And yeah, sure, every now and then, oh, that's right, that's still a thing that happened. Man, that that would be fun, wouldn't it? No, it was no. happening. It was happening, with I, or without you. I'm actually sort of impressed that we all did we did follow through on it. Which is not always our strength. No. But we got all the plane reservations. We got the conference registration. We got the additional hotels that we needed along the way. And there was actually a lot of uh, planning involved in this trip. Mm -hmm. There was the trip itself, which was, you know, being planned by Michael Bridges and Lost and Found. And that, that was all being taken care of. And all we had to do was, you know, sign up. But there was the actual process of getting to Germany and getting back from Germany. And we realized... Well, if we're going to Germany, we're going to have to pass through London. We're going to have at least a few hours Basically, every flight, of downtime. Every flight we saw ended up through Heathrow one way or another. There's going to be a jet lag. Maybe we can just add a few days to the yeah, trip. Maybe add, a, maybe, the... Add, maybe add a day and just sort of, you know, relax and get used to the new time change. And we know people in London. And that day became two, became three. Three. Three days we ended up adding to it. And I'm going to talk a lot about that on our, the nerd crawl that we did on a separate episode on our main feed of Relatively Geeky Presents. Before we get into the Germany side of the equation, there were a few spots in London that we wanted just to talk about that had a little bit of darkness to light connections. Yes, things that had a, a strong religious impact. We had each been to London a couple of times, mm -hmm. and somehow Westminster Abbey had never always, made our Always slipped through yeah. the cracks. So we made sure that that was one that we did. We got there pretty early in the morning, like 9, 9.30 in the morning, and were met by a pretty long line. Yeah. And we were concerned. We had lunch reservations, mm -hmm. and we thought to ourselves, we might be in this line for three hours. Now, we were, we were foolish Americans, because yes. this was a proper British queue. And within about half an hour, we were Ooh. out of the sun and into the abbey. It probably goes without saying, but that's a pretty impressive tourist destination. Oh, yeah. We had the guided tour, the little earphones. Liam Neeson? No. No. Um, Jeremy Irons, that's it. As you went around, you dialed in the whatever, various, whatever uh, room that you were in, whatever exhibit you were in. And in his lovely British mellifluous tones would tell us all about the various things there. And of course, a lot of that does have to do with Reformation history. Mm -hmm. So that was... That was a nice uh, a preview yes. for 
for the rest of, there of was, the trip. There was lots of famous person buried here, mm-hmm. famous popes and kings and queens and all these. And then you get to the back and here is a hole in the wall, which was left by a small cannonball during the peasants. Yeah. And you're like, so, okay. Gotcha. I right, gotcha. right, right. And there was a little bit of sadness on my mom's part because mm. she had not really been to very many castles and cathedrals and stuff like that. And she was looking around and seeing all of the sort of damaged Mm, um, like statuary and and Uh, wall things and you explained to her the difference between you know wear and tear a hand being broken off some in transit and a statue being beheaded purposefully cleanly beheaded yes and uh uh that was mentioned on the the walking tour briefly and uh mom said oh gosh that's that's horrible looking at like this one particular relief where every single head had been very cleanly beheaded and i said Mom, I want you to look up and look around. And she looked up, and about 30 feet down the wall, everything was beheaded. And 30 feet up, everything was not. And they got ladders. And that's how tall the ladders were. In in that specific case, it was either the Protestants beheading the Catholic saints or the Catholics beheading the Protestant royalty. I I don't even remember what the detail in some of those cases were, but that's... That's where the uh, the fighting had gotten to that level. Yeah, the desecration mm-hmm. that became almost commonplace during those periods of upheaval. And it was sort of a, a good, it was a very good start to mm-hmm. our tour. It sort of got us in the right headspace. It was very right. historical. And you walked into the church and you can just feel the weight of history. Mm-hmm. Beautiful architecture, gorgeous artwork. We found a Sir Middleton. Yes. Took a, well, we didn't actually take a picture because we were not allowed to, but we would have very carefully noted where his banner was and his seat of office and such like sort of taking that moment for Mm. enjoyment and wonder, but also quiet contemplation, uh, which sort of typifies this Mm -hmm. whole trip. And again, Mom, in particular, was touched by the story of, I want to say it was Mary, Queen of Scots, mm-hmm. and her sister, who may have been Queen Elizabeth I. Yeah, d- don't, don't, don't hold don't, us to don't the details. Don't hold us to that. <laughs> but it was a Protestant and Catholic uh, sisters who ended up being buried together. And sort of their goal was, yes, you know, we're each seeking after God in the most honest and sincere way that we that we can and we understand that in life that's dividing us but at the core we're sisters and we're christians and eternally we'll be together mm-hmm. and of that sense of communion yeah, communion of reconciliation i know really really touched mom i thought that the that the ladies chapel ch- chapel of the lady the lady one the chapel. one dedicated to to the blessed virgin of course was gorgeous of course in terms of the the visuals the aesthetics that was probably my favorite of the uh of the points there um, but like you said that was a nice little that's a nice little starter mm-hmm. into uh there was a lot of there was a lot of old and new there mm-hmm. was uh recognition of the original abbey that was built in i want to say the 10th century right. um 
the sort of gothic updates that were made in the 14th and 15th century, the upheavals during the Protestant Reformation, and in the roughly two centuries of shifting mm-hmm. political, religious importance for the building, and then sort of going all the way up to recent modern history, there was a World War II in one of the side chapels mm-hmm. had been converted into a memorial for various corps during World War II, and there was some damage to the building that had never been, that had purposely been never repaired, sort right. of as a as part of a memorial mm-hmm. to lives lost during World War II. So that was it was just it was a very holistic experience of religion and history and politics and culture and art and architecture sort of all at once and was I would say pretty much the perfect start <laughs> for the 12 days that were going to follow it. Do you want to mention one other spot in London? We didn't really get to explore it all that much, uh, but it was recommended to us by Sir Martin of Grey, and that is the Cafe in the Crypt. Yes. Which is an active, ongoing church, and they've converted and updated the catacomb area, the crypt area, into a pretty hip, 21st century cafe. Coffee shop, yeah. A coffee shop, a gift shop. So, And that is where we met our tour guide, Stephen Lacey mm-hmm. and Dave Walker, yes. for our for our nerd crawl, our nerd walking part of the day. Yes. It ended in a pub, but it was not a pub crawl. That is true. Also, just sort of a nice, cool place to check out, which, specifically for you and me, because I think this was each of our third time mm-hmm. in London, right. Mom's second. So... The first time that mom had come, she'd done pretty much most of the touristy things. You and I had been twice and had done pretty much all the touristy things. So this trip was more about the experiences, the preparing for Luther 500, making sure that we hit major religious, cultural dorkness approved, (laughs) somewhat off the beaten track places like Cafe in the Crypt, which was wonderful. There was some exploring in there that we could have done that we hadn't. The gift shop was really nice, too. That actually. is, yeah. But um, so next time. Next, next time. Next time. I think that was our overarching feeling is the end of three days. I think about every six hours for three days, one of the three of us went. Got to come oh, back. We got to come back. And three, I mean, we're still here, but we got to come back. Three days was the longest I'd ever spent in London. Because the one we did one family tour of the U.K., but that was... That was like a day and a half Yeah, a day and a half in London, a day in York, and two days in Dublin, and a day, you, yeah. day, a day in Wales, in, a, day a day in, in Scotland. Two You're days working in your way all the way around. And then on your castles and cathedrals trip... We were in London for one and a half. Yeah, one and yeah. a half days again. So three straight days in London was the longest we'd ever spent. But mm-hmm. And it's a big city with a lot to do. Yeah. And just as we were getting our handle on the Bakerloo line... And the circle line. And, and we we just about had the uh, the tube map in our head. Mom had just about gotten confident with the concept of a transit. And mm-hmm. and then we were off to Heathrow and off to Berlin-Tagel. So the seven-day Luther 500 festival, it ran from Monday, 29th of May, to Sunday, the 4th of June. So it was a combination of group events across the city of Wittenberg, optional tours of other cities and sites, you know, on that quadrant in that section of Germany, 
free time in Wittenberg. Uh, seminars were offered. It was a really very well organized mm-hmm. uh, trip. And well, very well balanced. There mm-hmm. is a certain aspect of it that reminded me a lot of camp, which right. I think is probably the one thing that I have hated the most in my <laughs> entire life. I loathe camp experiences very deeply. But this had a really good balance of come together and sing some some like literal Sunday school campfire songs and then scatter and do your own thing. Here's some lectures for adults. Here's some fun activities for kids. Very, very well Mm -hmm. planned and balanced. And then I have to say, not to pat ourselves on our back too much, Mm -hmm. but we did a pretty good job balancing our own time. I think so. And uh, trying to get as much out of the trip as possible without wearing ourselves out because there was a lot of options and there was a lot of exhaustion that That set in at various points along the way and as we sort of go through day by day you'll see we spent a lot of days the three of us together a lot of days two of us together and one of us out on a trip uh and i think there was one day all three of us scattered and i think that's the secret to a family trip especially when everyone in the family is old enough and mature enough to be on their own, I just barely count. <laughs> I barely meet that threshold some days. Well, it's okay. You you stayed you you got to stay at home base most of the time. Exactly. It was... So it's different if you have an eight year old or a ten year old. But mm-hmm. when everyone's or old even en- even a nineteen year old, like mm, let's be it's real, a little shaky. Uh, when everyone's old enough to be trusted with their own time and their own things. And then you also have those opportunities to come together. So it's, I think that was nice. And you talked about sort of the, the holistic feel. And that was part of it for me. What I was hoping to get out of the trip was that I hoped it would hit me in a number of ways. Those sociocultural moments, uh, devotional moments, historical moments, church history moments. And spoilers, I got all of those. I think my goal going into Luther 500 was not to have low expectations. It was to have no expectations. Just right. whatever happened mm-hmm. was good. It Let was, it I just experience. I it. went into this whole trip with a just goal of experience that if all that I did was went to Wittenberg, Germany and for seven days was in Wittenberg, Germany and got coffee in Wittenberg, Germany, and sat on a park bench in Wittenberg, Germany, and listened to an audiobook in Wittenberg, Germany. Would have been I a... was set. <laughs> I was hopeful because, mm-hmm. again, we know Lost and Found. We know that they are steeped in their Lutheran heritage. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know them personally to be, you know, good people. They had proven that they were really well organized, you know, right. leading up to the trip. They were very on top of informing people of everything and making sure that the the mechanism of the trip was running smoothly. So I was certain it was going to be right. well planned, well organized, <clears throat> run smoothly. I didn't have any worries about any of that. I was just there for whatever happened to happen. That's a great attitude. I knew that because it was the year of the Jubilee. Mm-hmm. That there was going to be tons of stuff in Wittenberg, but I didn't want to make myself a checklist right, before right. we went there that said, well, I'm going to have to go to the Luther house, and I'm going to have to go to church at the Castle Church. I'm going to have to walk the footsteps of Luther, that or just sets I, you I up have for... to find a, a Gutenberg mm-hmm. Bible that I can go see. Like That just sets you up for failure 
and you have the checklist. Oh, I only did 18 of the 19 things I wanted. It's yeah. terrible. And you I know, was like, that's just no, not no, the that's right good. way to go into this. That's great. So that's a great approach. My plan going into this was just whatever will be, will, will be. And let me say, incredible. <laughs> uh, everything I... If I could have put things on a checklist, like everything that I wanted off that checklist, we got. And so many things that I did not even... I did not even know what to expect. There were things we did not even know existed and, in some cases. Some of the exhibits and some of the events and some of the... Also, the incredible proliferance of ice shops, which we would know as ice cream carts. Wittenberg, mm. Germany is about a mile and a quarter from east to west, maybe half a mile from north to south. I counted five ice cream shops. And there was... Ice cream available in other shops, too. But those are just the dedicated. Those are the dedicated ice, ice cafes. Shops. Yes, exactly. Five. Like, we were surprised walking around London seeing so many ice cream carts. Like, we were like, oh, right. I didn't really know that ice cream was a big thing in Europe. Oh. Evidently it is. Oh, com- oh, compared to Germany, London is nothing. Euro a scoop. Marzipan ice cream for breakfast. Okay, like. Anyway, but enough. We'll get back to the ice. So for structure, we're going to just basically sort of talk day by day through uh, through the trip, what, what we each did. Monday, we said the event started, and the sort of the gathering was at the Berlin airport, is where the tour buses started from. And fortunately, it was the guy in the band yes. who was organizing that part of the trip. So... There was someone we recognized. Yeah, so. he has, I would say, a mane, a golden mane <laughs> of angelic curls. Very noticeable. Looks like a musician. So we were easily checked in. We were the three Ohioans. Okay. We were the Middletons from Ohio. This was the, this was the number one thing that I don't think I fully cognitively realized, because we've been on tours before. Mm-hmm. And a lot of, you know, groups of two and six and eight and whatever like we've always been a kind of small group you know if people are going on a family vacation there might be five six or eight people but you know we're we're used to that Mm -hmm. we did not quite realize that a small nuclear family unit going on a lutheran church history tour was going to be abnormal yeah. We got on the bus, and it was like, okay, we're going to do check-in. The Middleton 3? Yep, here we are. Okay, excellent. The South Dakota 17? The Minnesota 14? Uh, the Long <laughs> Island 7? Uh, the 23 from, like, Arizona or something? So it was basically church groups or... or one, groups. There was one entire youth, yeah, the confirmation class, had, had raised money to go on the trip. It or was, or uh, a, a church leadership team yeah. that were maybe like pastors, senior pastor, and five assistant pastors. So our came. three really stood out. Yeah. We were by far the smallest of the units there. And then the fact that as the smallest group, at no time did all three of us go on anything, just boggled Michael Bridges' mind. That is mind. true. That is and true. Mom and I get on the bus. It's like, okay, and the Middleton, what? Aren't there supposed to be three of you? Yeah, yeah, he's he's, he's staying behind. Oh, it's just, that's so weird. surreal. It's weird. But between the three of us, we were able to go on all four of the tours. Mm-hmm. We were able to see almost everything we wanted to see, basically. Went to just about every single exhibit that was in Wittenberg. Took, like, two bonus trips on our own. So... Evidently, it was a weirder scenario than I expected. Than we thought we thought we were, but then we found out we were 
also a vast minority of three non-Lutherans. We were a vast minority for many reasons, but that was possibly the uh, funniest. Again, I mean, we knew that they were a Lutheran band. We've seen them at many Lutheran churches. I didn't quite cognitively be like... I didn't know it would be just Lutherans, though. If you're outside of the ELCA, you don't know who Lost and Found is. Unless you're us. I mean, we are we are apparently their only non-Lutheran fans. I So we had to explain no, we're just church history buffs. We're just here because it's cool. We we, oh, we like the music okay. and we find this interesting for historical reasons. Really? Huh. So Monday we arrive, we check in. We are in sort of a youth hostile type of situation. Three of us in one room. Mm-hmm. Though when we talked to Dave Walker, we're staying at a hostel in London for mm-hmm. his trip. And it was 17 in one room yep. or something like that. Like, so the three of us in one room, it had the feel of a hotel and the setup of a hostel. It was workable for us. Yes. But a week was about as long as... Yeah. It's a day, couple days longer than... It, no. by, by day seven, I think we were all pretty much ready for... Our own room. Our yep. own room. Beds. Please. Real beds. I was worried that we were going to kick off... The event with the highlight, because the very first event that evening, after everyone settled in and everything, was the bratwurst barbecue. Bratwurst barbecue immediately followed by an original song debut by Lost and Found, Reformation Rock. That was pretty epic. I, mean, I don't want to move on from the brats too quickly. <laughs> fair, fair. Give the brats their due. I mean, like, we're here in the middle of the United States. So we are close to brat territory. Yeah, we are. We We are are brat adjacent. We are in solidly majority Germanic, you know, heritage cuisine. I mean, we're not Milwaukee. I mean, that's that's the brat capital. But we're we're the second. We're, Columbus, Ohio, is a second tier and an ancillary brat city, home of Schmidt's House of Sausage. But these were really good brats. These were incredible brats. We didn't know ice cream shops on every corner. Right. Like, we had no idea about that going in. We also didn't realize watermelon, like fresh watermelon. Oh, that's good. Everywhere. Yes. For some reason, that is such an American thing. You know, a summer, maybe even Southern American, Midwestern to Southern American. That's just my impression of watermelon. But Everywhere. Everywhere in Germany. And it is refreshing. There was fresh cut watermelon and it was so good. Especially considering it was 83 degrees First day, first week. couple days was pretty warm. Those first couple oh. days in particular were extra warm. We also discovered, though I don't think we partook, but we discovered a soda called Mesomix. We also, there was also Fanta Orange at every restaurant and every event. And I just want... Which we're fans of. I want to point this out to people. Orange Fanta in mm-hmm. the United States tastes like orange soda. Yeah. Fanta anywhere in Europe tastes like orange juice. And it's, it is. It's got like a 4% juice content or something And to it, it is delicious. It makes a whole lot of difference. But we'll talk about Mesomix down the road. Because <laughs> okay. we didn't have any Mesomix that first day. Structure, structure, structure. Fair enough. Then uh, every night there was a group event, mm-hmm. and I think every night at least one of us went to that. Just to make sure we make, were getting there were announcements updates. and uh, updates and that sort of thing. 
But the first night was mostly just a singing celebration mm-hmm. uh, sort of event. And how to make your bed in a German hostel. Also how to make your bed in a German hostel. And at that point, let's just say, I'm surprised your mom relented for, to stay there the next seven nights. Uh, we I'm just, still kind of surprised that she did not freak out. I, I'm pretty sure that she just threw up a mental brick wall over the fact that she was sleeping with a blanket that had not been washed and a pillow. Which also had not been washed. The pillowcases pillow had, had been washed. The fitted sheet had been washed. And the cover had been washed. But yes. I'm very proud of her. It, absolutely. So, like I said, we all went to that group opening event. Mm-hmm. And that is where Michael debuted his Reformation rock song. Basically about the life of Luther. And... I was not expecting to be so emotionally moved uh, yeah, by the, that song. To the point of actual tears. It was, actual what, what was it? It tears. Was, it was the, here, here I, I stand. stand, I can do no other. Uh, At about that point, Dad lost it. I lost it. So that was an unexpected moment. I said I was looking for historical and contemplation, but I was not expecting the emotional moving of the Luther story to be that uh, touching to me. I think maybe the fact that we were singing this song literally about 20 yards from the door. From the castle church, that, that may have been part that of might have helped that whole a little bit, experience. Because yes. granted, we were staying at a hostel, but that hostel was built on the bones of the castle and thus abutted into the castle church. Yes. And we were able to worship in there a couple of times. We did. Which was pretty epic. But and that place, let me just say, has fantastic acoustic properties. Yes. <laughs> so that was Monday. Really, that was the arrival, the big welcome, the here's how to make your bed. And here's just the basic rules and rules here's and regulations. Here's where and when breakfast is. Shout exactly. out to you for asking that question. You know, some of us have priorities. Some of us have things we need to know. And uh, the next day, we learned the difference between an English breakfast and a German breakfast. Yes, because breakfast was served in the hostel every day. That was one of the meals that was included in the event. I don't know if this is just me and my blatant European stereotypes, but I was imagining a German breakfast would be somehow even heartier than an Mm. English breakfast, however difficult that may be to contemplate in one's brain. I mean, we'd had four days in a row of English breakfast. I admit, I was... You were pretty much done with sausage. I could have gone a day without sausage and and, uh, scrambled eggs. But the German breakfast, there was not an egg to be seen. Nope. The only time, really in the week, we saw egg was a couple of days they had hard-boiled eggs. Mm Mm-hmm. It was yogurt and cereal and fruit salad, watermelon. And... Deli meats and cheeses and breads. Yeah. You could make yourself a, I don't know, pastrami and And Swiss Swiss on rye for breakfast. I'm I'm just, it was, it was interesting. It was odd. (laughs) There was very little breakfast food at the German breakfast. All delicious. Cherry, cherry juice. Cherry juice. And black coffee every morning. Well, there you go. What else do you need? I mean, the ice cream shop. Sorry, the ice shops open at like 10 in the morning. So <laughs> it's not like you need a... Well, and and the waffle shops open at 9. And those waffles are served with a scoop of ice on them. You can get ice cream on your waffles. 
at nine breakfast. in the morning for breakfast. Hello, England. Germany! <laughs> Bam! So that first day, morning prayer in the castle church. I don't even remember at this point who among us went to that one. But it was nice getting into... I think it was you guys, because that mom. was that was my unfortunate day of illness, mm. where I woke up horrifically sick yeah. and uh, proceeded Would... to not move oh, from the hotel yeah, for yeah, about yeah, yeah, six hours. I remember hours. that morning. Yeah, we had, it was a bad morning. <laughs> we each had various moments, various days, where colds and exhaustion and jet lag and six hours in a plane and some and some form of like germanic death bug passed around the hostel from one of us to the other on various days you were recovered in time for lunch yes this was a day uh, totally in uh, wittenberg if you were following just the tour sort of schedule this would have been essentially the days that we had in London. This was your right. recuperate from travel, get used to the time change, get mm-hmm. your feet, get settled right. day. And I'm still very glad that we had that built into this schedule because yes, I needed you it. needed that. Do want to just, in case anyone's thinking, doing the math, working out the days and figuring out, yes, we were in Heathrow Airport while the British Airways technology disaster was happening <laughs> and canceling flights. We were not on BA. We were not affected in any way, shape, or form. Few people on our trip were. There were some on the trip who got there about 36 hours late. Yeah. So this this day of recovery and breathing and and getting going again, take taking a deep breath and getting things started, that was helpful for some of the yeah. some of the, the, the late our, our poor straggling cousins. And to jump ahead to the end of the trip, we had arrived in, in Heathrow and saw on the TV, the, the in news the, stations yeah. in in the airport that the attack on the London Bridge had happened had just maybe forty five minutes earlier. That day, so but we kept away of of all of those both uh, scary issues and and, and flight related issues. Yeah. Uh, we, Com- we got complications off, yes. and scares. We yes. were able to avoid all of them exactly, mercifully. So on that Tuesday, you were up and ready to go to lunch. Yeah. And so this was the wander through Wittenberg day, find out where everything is, mm-hmm. including the nice Italian restaurant. Oh, man. And the way most of these restaurants work, it is, to me, it is sort of an old school European stereotype. Mm-hmm. Most of these restaurants had, I would guess, five tables inside. Uh, max. Maybe. And 25 I, outside. Eight, eight seats inside. And 25 outside. Yeah. Basically huge umbrellas or canopies that came out over the sidewalk. We started with barbecue, bratwurst, good German bread and salad and meat and mesomix. Like, we started it with that. We had no more brats until the day we left. Exactly, exactly. But we did have some pretty solid pasta. Oh, man. Gorgonzola sauce. Hello, my new best friend. Baked mozzarella. Uh, salmon in lobster sauce over penne. So we did pretty well for ourselves. I can't, remember, know, I can't even remember what your mom got. But it was pretty epic, good. too. Here's the thing. We are from a landlocked state in mm-hmm. the middle of a very big continent with very few rivers. 
True. We have a little bit of running water around the borders of our state. Mm-hmm. Almost no running water in the heart of our state. Yeah. And one still lake all the way up north. I mean, it's a great lake. And the difference between that and a still central landlocked right. non non-coastal non, non-coastal region you know all the way deep in the eastern chunk of germany pretty dead center in the european continent you still have access the difference that having two big rivers and being maybe yeah. 3 hours from the ocean makes yeah, yeah. the seafood was incredible i had seafood every single Just option about, yeah. that i had i had Lobster soup and salmon soup and baked fish and fried fish. I had so much seafood while we were in Germany and so little sausage because they didn't serve right. it at That's, breakfast. That was yeah, exactly. Expectations not being met in some of the food areas. In some ways, that was a good thing. For was, you, that's the, for sure. The food did worry me a little bit. There I'm was a little picky on my food. There was very little cabbage. Exactly. That's all I was looking for. You did get cabbage in your burrito, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that later. I think you went back and rested that day some more. I pretty much spent the whole day in bed. It was also, I think, at least partially getting used to staying in a place without air conditioning, which is not a thing that barely even exists in America. Right. Like, everything has air conditioning in America. if no you, no one was expecting it to be 88 degrees those first couple of oh, days. Oof. So I think just sort of getting yeah. used to the, the climate and the pollen and all of that, having that rest day to just basically do nothing on yeah. my end was a massive boon. So you took a nap. Mom and I went to seminars. Which was perfect. I got, I got the room to myself. Yep. And you For guys a couple went hours. And, uh, and learned about stuff. Yeah, Mom went to... Uh, seminar on the history of germany mm-hmm. and i went to a seminar by uh michael the the leader of the of the band uh, lost and found and sort of the point person you know, one of the two point people uh for the for the tour he talked about some of his work in modern technology comparing the gutenberg and the printing press and sort of what that sort of what's the modern revolution. what's the yeah what's the What's the next step in that in that re- revolution? So that was an interesting seminar. That's when you had to admit that we were the non-Lutherans. We were not Lutherans. That's where that's that's where the major confession came out. Which was followed up by possibly my favorite question, which was, "Oh, okay, all right, Episcopalians then?" Uh, no. And as as you pointed out at dinners, do we? look Episcopalian? Like, I mean, I'm not offended, but do we just give off an Episcopalian vibe? Are we just... Why would you immediately jump to these must be Episcopals? And I said, well, okay. I mean, I wasn't in the room, but I mean, fair's fair. You're close. I'm, <laughs> you, 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 I am the closest you identify thing, in a lot of ways. I'm the closest thing to an Episcopalian that was on that tour, so like, you know, not totally wrong, but... Just your 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 bafflement at the follow up question. Oh, Episcopalians? No. <laughs> and that was a day where dinner was served mm-hmm. at the hostel as well, and so we did the dinner, meat and potatoes. All you need. All we needed, and again, we weren't necessarily feeling adventurous enough. To, and we had a 
that that Italian lunch was pretty big and f- oh, filling. Man. So, sort of being able to pick and choose what you wanted at at dinner uh, uh, worked, worked for out us. Pretty well. Yes. And then there was the group evening event, whichever that was. I can't remember who. Again, if you and I don't remember us, it, it was it probably may, mom. May have been mom who went to that one, and we, we both uh, then chilled out. Mm-hmm. And uh, then, evening evening prayers in one of the churches. I would mm-hmm. I would assume probably the city church because right. castle church was the morning prayer, and they right. tried to sort of alternate it. Right. Now, I do want to talk about the castle church for a minute. Yeah. Because of course it is a big big tourist attraction right for during this event that is like the thing yes the door the door the door with the tower that has a Mm -hmm. mighty fortress written on it you know it's a big deal and i don't know how but we were somehow able to get 30 minutes a day Mm -hmm. dedicated for our tour group right for worship in the castle church either Either, either morning, morning or, or evening, evening. Mm-hmm. but there was there was a docent who went there and locked the door five minutes before we were going to use it. Let only our people in with your badge. Mm-hmm. Locked the door behind us. We had it for thirty minutes, and then we shuffled on out. But mm-hmm. it was phenomenal. Then on Wednesday was the first of the day trips. This is the day that I was going on a trip. I went to Eisleben. Which Good job. does sound like the villain from Frozen 3. Uh, yep. But this was also the birthplace of Luther. Because it was his birthplace, it was also the place where he was baptized. Because mm-hmm. that happened about you know four days later. And about two doors down. <laughs> and then it also, sort of by coincidence, is the place where he died. And in his entire life, it was about the only trips he made to Eisleben. So he spent about thirty days in this in this town, and they've done pretty pretty well with their George Washington slept here yeah. sort of approach. Uh, you know, they really have turned the town, especially obviously for this for the Jubilee year, uh, really have turned it into a, a Luther site. The way this tour worked, I'm not sure about yours. We'll talk about your tours, but again, they had these little. Uh, uh, the microphone ear things that you would that you would wear, and I guess it's it's set up I don't know, like a you know like a twenty foot little radio signal mm-hmm. basically, so the the tour leader could talk in a very regular voice, and then everyone everyone could hear right, and so so as not to disturb the other tours exactly exactly um, brilliant piece of technology we did not get to use them ah, unfortunately, okay. so we spent a couple hours on a walking tour you know we showed where the church was where the the birth museum is our wandering around the the town sort of the town square then there's another church up at the top of the the square there's also the luther death house and which sounds really pretty metal it it actually does that's gonna be my new band luther Luther death house luther death house h-a-u-s with an umlaut but over the s you got to ask yourself with this band name and logo, would Chris Tyler listen? I mean, yes. yes. Included in our tour of the city was you could go to either the Birth Museum or the Death Museum. The Death Museum was intriguing. Yeah. However, the Birth Museum was literally within eyesight of where we had to meet the church. We had to meet at at whatever you know four o'clock for to get prayers back on the bus. and then get back home. Yeah. So uh, I ended up doing that and. 
This was the day on my own, and I will confess I had concerns. concerns. Google Translate came in really handy. I don't know that I used it very much, but the comfort level that it brought me was very strong. Okay. My, my, my issues in general are pretty picky on my food, and I'm pretty picky about only speaking English <laughs> because I'm an American. So... You ate. I, I said... If you know only one word, what word do you have? Ice. Okay. Two words. Uh, danka and bitter. Bitter. Bitter and danka. They're the say, magic words. Say anything bitter. Anything bitter. Please and thank you. That Those actually do help quite a bit. It, even if you say, I do not speak German bitter. You will get so much more of a pass. And now, of course, most of the places we were going, they had some tourist aspects. So they were, you know... Especially in Wittenberg. They had that a, is true. They had yes. people that were, like, almost fully bilingual at most mm-hmm. places. Yeah, yeah. But you were able to find something that worked for you. So I was, so I was figuring out, okay, eating, this is going to be a problem. Both finding food that I like and then actually being able to order it. And, and receive it. And receive it. And I figured I could pay for it. You know, I could be a dumb American and hold a 20-euro bill over my head and wave it. And say, feed me, feed me. I mean, I, well, the main, no, actually, do. what I would say is, feed me, feed me in my best Paul Hicks Australian impersonation. <laughs> feed me, feed me, please. Crikey. <laughs> okay, I did not do that. But, but what I did find... Was a local place. Now, that's a little shaky. It was like one street off the beaten path, mm-hmm. which means, well, A, the food is going to be better. much better, but the English might be a little worse. And so, but it was the International Special place. It was basically, in, I found these in almost every city we were in. It was the Greek place or the yep. Middle Eastern place, the Greek, Turkish, Donor, kebab, Mediterranean Turkish, place. Mediterranean fusion something and fortunately maybe sort of like a stereotype chinese restaurant mm-hmm. they had pictures of the food and numbers you're like this i got so i was able to order the numel 12 and the way this restaurant is it's basically you sort of build it's it's similar to a chipotle or something like that you sort of build from the ground up and your base can be your pita or as he said spaghetti Pasta of some kind? Okay, I can see that. Or pommes frites. Okay, I, I knew that word. And that wasn't even German. So fries as the base. And then you had the two, you know, spits of the... Of the, the kebab. So I got the Greek chicken flavor. It did get a little bit of onion. It did get a little bit of uh, cabbage. Because I was in Germany. That's just how it comes. And then you've got, like, the hot sauce, something sauce. And the international language of tzatziki? Tzatziki. So, this uh, Middle Eastern immigrant to Germany and me, poor dumb American, we could both say tzatziki. So, I got, basically, I'm calling it Greek poutine. I mean... Fries, gyro meat, and tzatziki sauce with some onions and cabbage thrown in? Yeah. Man, it was good. <laughs> that tracks. And the international language of Coca-Cola? So it was a win-win, like nine euro, and I was stuffed, and I was happy, and I 
patted myself on the back. <laughs> for for negotiating an interaction without a Greek speaker or me. You were on your own. Then headed from there, very full, satiated, and pleased with myself, to the Luther birth house, which was a lot about Luther, but also a lot about life 500 years ago in that town and in mm-hmm. that city. It's very nice, very nice displays. Good historical stuff. Yeah. Then went over to the church, sang a few songs, hopped on the bus, came on back. What were you and your mama doing that day on your own? Other than rocking it out. Well, yes. So that was our day in Wittenberg. Mm -hmm. We went to the Luther House, which is the big thing. Yes. It It is the home that he and Katerina resided in tutored students from lived in you know was was their base of operations for like 25 years an enormous enormous house has a sort of an ancillary building that's connected with it which was a museum that for this year in particular had been transformed into something called 95 people 95 treasures and that was one of the national exhibits i think there were like three Throughout the, the country, of sort of national Luther exhibitions. Yes. And that, that was one of those. And the, the Luther House, this where you mentioned, uh, is a major, you know, United Nations World yeah, Heritage Site. Yeah, it's a UNESCO site. site. I mean, these are huge, and, uh, huge deals. And, and the Luther House is always set up, you right, know, year-round. Exa- right, but of course, right. much, much more heavily trafficked this particular, mm-hmm. this particular year. So we went to those. We actually were able to get into both. One of them was paid for as part of the trip. The other one we got like a little voucher ticket for. Right. So we went and experienced both of those. And as a as a whole, that took like two or three hours, hours, which yeah. we were not quite expecting. We left right after breakfast and mm. walked to go find it. And sort of rambled, did a little bit of shopping. And that um, was at the other end of town. But that was at that the was, other end of town. That was basically the far end yeah. of the city. At, at was one the... end of Wittenberg is the castle church where right. we were staying. And at the other end... It's the Luther House. Like you said, maybe a mile and a quarter, a mile and a half. But yeah, it's, like, it's, it's, it is the farthest walk. Yes, and Wittenberg is a walking town. Yes. Mm-hmm. You walk literally everywhere. So that was just kind of a long way. I had twisted my ankle in London, mm-hmm. like literally day two of our two-week excursion. And, and that came and went. And, and that came, day, and, came and went. Little... And I had to then walk like, you know, three and a half miles on it this particular mm-hmm, day because mm-hmm. mom asked. You do, do have you to wanna, get there. Do you want to stay behind? You also and I was have like, to go back. I was like, no. I can do I am, this. I am in Wittenberg, Germany. And I you don't, sort of, take, you sort I of don't took care. the day before off a little bit. So I think I was so part, I, I rested part of up, this I is a pacing yourself. And I was like, I don't care if I don't do anything else. I am in Wittenberg. I can see the house. Yes. I'm, gonna I'm walk going to <laughs> So we went there and ended up spending about two well actually i think about three three and a half hours between the two exhibits but those exhibits were worth a walk oh absolutely so the luther house itself is very interesting because it is basically just you walk through the house and in each one of the rooms they have some banners with some information and they have a little diorama that shows Mm. how the house looked beforehand so the rooms themselves are empty or mostly empty, or have like a few exhibits or artifacts or pictures or things like that. But mostly what they have are these dioramas which show the various sections of the house. Because like I said, this thing is huge. 
three stories tall. It's approximately the same size as the church, mm-hmm. just to give scale right. for people. Churches were like the biggest buildings mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. any any town back in medieval slash you know Renaissance Germany, and the Luther House was the one thing that was comparable because it was an old monastery. Mm, right. And the monastery had fallen into disrepair. The, I don't remember what his title was, Burger or whatever, mm-hmm. of the town had purchased it and then ended up giving it to Martin Luther so that he would have a, a base of operations for his teaching and his livelihood and such like. But it was enormous. And it was the domain of Katerina von Bora, his wife, or as he liked to refer to her, the boss. She was pretty epic. She was epic. Now, I was a little disconcerted because, again, we were the non-Lutherans. Right. So, one, I had no idea who Katarina von Bora was. I'd never heard of her, ever. She was probably in the Luther movie. I remember nothing about it, so I had no idea who this lady was. And I was vaguely disconcerted to walk into a room full of Lutherans that were talking about the trips they were going to go on, one of them being her birthplace and her, her home. And they always were like, oh, yeah, yeah, Katie, 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 Katie. And I'm like, this, this, this is, this is, I can't even say like disrespectful because I don't know who it is. Like this person is, this is just so disconcerting that you are all on first name basis with Mrs. Dr. Luther. Like, this is just weird. You're on nickname basis. You're on nickname basis with Mrs. Dr. Luther. And I'm very disconcerted. Let me say. Katie was awesome, and I didn't understand it until I went to Luther House, and then I came back, and you asked, oh, how was your day? And I was like, amazing. Katie is the best. (laughs) Just bar none, Katie is the best. So we got to see, it was was basically a town in and of itself. Mm -hmm. The Luthers owned a whole bunch of farm animals. They boarded students and craftsmen. Wait, wait. Brewed beer. Brewed beer, grew food, had goats. Because the thing is, even though, little known fact, Martin Luther was not born a Lutheran. Ah, oh, it's weird. But he certainly fits some of the stereotypes. I'm just saying. He did love his beer. There was an, of course, an entire floor of this building, which was dedicated to beer brewing. Because that was her, like, primary contribution. And it was possibly the thing that Martin loved her most for. Her ability to brew damn fine beer. That was great. Walking through the Luther house, I had the most disconcerting experience. Just about every room I walked into, I would see a little plaque, and it would have either some quotes from Martin Luther or stories about his life or something about about Katie or, or something. I would immediately think of a Hamilton lyric. Yeah. I was like... Well, we've talked before that Hamilton and... Church early, history, early, early church, church history, history had a lot in common. I hadn't really thought about the Reformation, but boy, does that fit too. I walked into uh, their like private living room, not the mm-hmm. public floor, but the sort of the Luther's private sort of smoking room. And there was a plaque that was talking about this is where Martin Luther and Katie and all of Martin's friends would meet and talk about philosophy and politics and religion and theology. And I'm just like, man, I wish I was in the room where that happened. Oh, wait. What? I am. <laughs> Let me just say, it was surreal. Talking about uh, Katie and how she 
quite literally strong-armed Martin into marrying her. All I'm sitting here is like, wow, she will never be satisfied. This is literally if Alexander had married Angelica. Just this crazy, insane, hyper-competent, super-smart, takes-no-guff lady. Total, like, intellectual and personal equal. I'm just like, this is incredible. This is just, this is incredible. I later found out I was not the only person who found this connection. (laughs) And after that, we went to 95 People, 95 Treasures. I think we actually hit this up first Mm -hmm. because it was a little bit of a smaller exhibit. It was, you know, a one-floor exhibit as opposed to a three-story house. It was really interesting. It had a lot of stuff about the history of the Reformation, and it had a lot of icons and art and Mm -hmm. books It was a really well-put-together exhibit that took you all the way through, like, Martin Luther's life. Really, really, really well, like, curated and just super well-paced. And a thing that I appreciated, fully bilingual. I did notice that, yes. So there were some things, like, in the Luther house itself, Mm -hmm. most things were fully bilingual. But But some of the 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 smaller things only had a German plaque or only had an explanation. But in the official national exhibition exhibition, it had both. And Mm -hmm. I greatly appreciated that. Uh, And you got to see early life in the the years following the plague and, you know, uh, the impact that death had on the Mm, consciousness of a late medieval, early Renaissance person and the role that the Catholic Church had in that and and doom and gloom. And then it went to the lightning strike and Martin Luther's conversion, becoming a monk, life as a monk. It went all the way through his trip to Rome, posting the theses, the Diet of Worms, and then a whole bunch of stuff about the the aftermath. I did not know about Martin Luther setting the bull on fire. Which, not an animal, a piece of paper, yes. but the, the official writ of uh, recant or be excommunicated, he's like, oh, I have 60 days? Okay, cool. 60 days later, walks out in public and sets it on fire. That is some Alexander Hamilton level, I do what I want. It's not exactly King George, but in the same, in the same yes, it's equivalent. Know. I would say equivalent. There's actually a solid equivalency there. That so, is hilarious. Um, and then there was just a lot of really cool stuff at the end there about his writings. So there was stuff about study Bibles, which was a thing mm. that I thought was really cool, that there were printed Bibles given to students, and they would have their, like, official German translation of the Bible, but it was all printed double-spaced. Why? So that you could go to Martin Luther's lecture and fill in, and the, fill in the all of his commentary in hand in your Bible as he was talking, and you could... If you wanted, as this person did, take your study Bible up to Dr. Luther and say, you're an inspiration, please sign this. So he was a celebrity. The more things change, the more things stay the same. It was a great exhibit. It had a lot of really interesting stuff. Lots of chronic paintings. Mm Mm-hmm. Lots of stuff about, like, the fellow reformers. Lots of, like, sort of small personal artifacts. Martin Luther's, like, travel writing desk. And some, like, personal notebooks and letters and things of that nature. It was, it was, it was really, really good. So we did that. 
We went to the Luther house about halfway through the Luther house. I was like, okay, mom, it's like one thirty in the we afternoon. Have to, we're starving. We have to go. So we sort of blitzed through the back half of the Luther house and popped out into what? Katie's coffee shop. Oh my. Which was in the back. And I got the one thing. If I, if I learned nothing else in Germany, I learned this. Ein doppio espresso bitter. I will have a double espresso, please. Did you get some food that day? We- I'm chowing down on Greek poutine, and my poor family's starving. This is terrible. We did. We okay. did. We just sort of, we, we, uh, we had our uh, lunches provided on that day That's because right. you were off That's on a right. day trip, so everyone got a packed lunch. Mm. So we, right. we had our, like, you know, salami sandwiches and our biffy sticks. Ooh, that, that was a revelation. So I, I, I want all of our listeners to, if they have never been to Germany, to imagine a Slim Jim. Now imagine it not sucking and being made of actual sausage. That was a revelation, the biffy stick. Biffy stick. Again, one euro in any vending machine. Yep. And worth it. And very worth it. Then I guess you guys chilled out in the afternoon for a while. Yep. We went back to the room. We hung out. I wrapped my ankle. Mom did some shopping. And we went back out to the Italian place because neither of us wanted to walk further than the 50 yards to the Italian place. Then when I was coming back, I was texting. I was on my way back from Eisleben and full of pommes frites and gyro meat and tzatziki sauce. (laughs) And I'd had my Biffy stick snack because they, you know, they provided that. Thanks. So I did need something. But you guys had wrapped up dinner. And right next to the uh, the Cafe Mediterrano was the waffle place. The waffle shop with two P's and an E. We were outside in the cafe. Did we actually get up and move one table over to two get tables. to be in there? Technically, in to their be sitting quadrant. in their table. And uh, I got myself the waffle tutti frutti. Which was a big, thick, that's Belgian-style giant waffle, waffle with fruit and... Kiwi and mango and strawberry and all sorts of deliciousness. And whipped cream and... A scoop of ice. And a scoop of vanilla ice. So, between the three of us, that was my semi-dinner dessert. Dinner-ish. Your guys' dessert. We made pretty good progress through the waffle. So we had very little sausage, but we did have a waffle. So that was close to one of the more Germany things that when we had the biffy sticks. Yeah, so I think we 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 fit. I think we met our German food uh, quota. Yeah, for the must, day. must be this German. And then I, by the time you got back, by the time we had dinner, by the time everyone had come back and rested their feet at least a little bit, it was probably about. 7 45 8 o'clock so you headed back right to, to the, th- eight, the eight o'clock group meeting yeah again just to hear any yeah, you announcements and that sort of thing and, and then mom I went and to i hung out and then went to the city church since we were right. you know halfway there already we just sort of hung out and then went to uh the city church mm-hmm. and there was some sort of more like you know modern lutheran church music which right. was all right and then something that mom and I greatly appreciated, which was Taize chanting mm-hmm. in English, if you knew German, German, and Latin. That was an experience. That was wonderful. Normally, we only get uh, a chance to do our Taize when we go to the Celtic Kirk right, back in, in Virginia. Richmond, Virginia. Uh, but we got to do that in Germany 
with a group sitting in pews with a giant 65-foot ceiling and icons and all pulpits and stained glass and it was it was gorgeous that was a great experience i got some audio from it but i think unfortunately i was horrifically still pretty pretty exhausted pretty brutally sick sick. i haven't actually come back and re-listened to any of that audio i might be able to snap a little bit of our chanting and if you're hearing a little bit of it under this conversation now you'll you'll know it was a success then you'll know that i was able to carry a tune Which brings us to Thursday, and this is the day where I almost tweeted out that we had divided and conquered Germany. That didn't quite sound right. No. I did say we divided Germany, to which point Tom Panarese said, and they tried that once already. So, you know, my, my descriptions of what we did that day did sort of fall short. Ever so slightly. The three of us went three different directions. Yes. Mom went to the Wartburg Castle in Erfurt, and that was a trip that I was planning on joining but her after, with, but uh, the long day in Eisleben, that... On your own, with the stress. The thing that was going around, yeah. whatever that was, and the lack of sleep, and et cetera, that got me that day, so I bowed out of that. So, Mom went that direction, and from what I understand... Had a pretty great time. And climbed 26 flights of stairs, I believe. Yeah, that would have been a problem for me. And then you, however... Because we say she went to Wartburg and Erfurt. Erfurt being a small town and Wartburg being a castle. Yes. So... Uh, so she, probably two places about the same size. Uh, prob- probably. <laughs> so uh, when she was in Wartburg, that would be the castle where <laughs> Martin Luther was holed up for a good while mm-hmm. while the Pope was looking for him. Yeah, it was when he was under the protection of King Frederick. Frederick the Wise. Yes. And uh, was starting to work on his... Uh, on the translation translation mm-hmm. of his Bible. While the Pope was very, very angry about all of these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was a, uh, a historical, religious, mm-hmm. and also just really cool touristy thing yep. that Mom went and did. I went to the towns of Torgau and Leipzig, which are about an hour's drive from each other. Torgau being the birthplace of Katie. Katerina. Katie. Katie. Uh, and then uh, Leipzig, which is sort of the German capital of music. Mm, so there's a mm-hmm. whole bunch of stuff there about Bach and Beethoven. And Wagner. You Wagner. Had some impact so, there. That they're very proud of their musical history uh, there in Leipzig. And then for the Martin Luther connections, mostly musical ones, but that's where one of his uh, printing houses mm, was. He okay. stayed there a couple of times. Again, it's sort of a Martin Luther passed through here plaques <laughs> and a couple plaques of the famous painting of Martin Luther with his doctoral hat <laughs> are up various places. Martin Luther was here yes, pretty much. So Leipzig was more um, cultural. cultural and touristy. Like, it was a real town. Right. Um, uh, Torgau was the more sort of historical small town. Now, tell the story about Katie. Okay. You'd, you'd, you'd mentioned this before about how she um, wrangled her way into marrying and, <laughs> poor, defenseless Martin Luther. A, a woman who knew her own mind. I mean, part of the plan was you know, she, he was a... He was a monk. He was a monk and she was a nun. And obviously, 
they there were vows of chastity, uh, inability to marry. Yes, and, and, and part and of was... the break with Rome, uh, symbolic as well as theological and other uh, practical, was for the monks and the nuns to marry. Yes, to be allowed uh, to be allowed to be allowed to, to marry. Katerina von Bora had been a, in a convent for years of her life. She threw, you know, various tales and legends sort of conflict, but uh, she and several of her sisters broke out, were broken out, Mm-hmm. fled and several monks as well from a, a neighboring monastery and she and Martin Luther basically decided that everyone should pair up and you know now like okay well these all of these nuns are no longer a part of the Catholic Church so they need someone legally to you know take care of them and all of this because otherwise they're just unmarried mm-hmm. women wandering old, around. With, older unmarried yeah, women. Yeah, older, old, you know, we say older, you know, like 30-year-old unmarried women with no family. No financial. No financial yeah. anything, no skills, no nothing. So uh, they are all sort of pairing everybody up. And at the end of this, it's, it's just ever so curious that uh, Katie has turned down all of the various people. Potential suitors All the various her. potential suitors that Martin has found for her and she has wedded off all of her uh, fellow former sisters and at the end of the day it's just her and Martin and she's like well I guess we're going to have to get married and he's like this was not the plan and she's like this was my plan <laughs> and about two years later they were married. And this is a case <laughs> of you can talk the talk buddy now you gotta walk the walk. And it's like well put your money where your mouth is. And she basically whipped him into shape. Pretty much. Pretty much. So Torgal was was cool. There were lots of, um, you know, Katerina von Bora was born here, died here, things of that nature. Various other reformers who stayed here, right. lived here, passed through, passed through, worked with them. There was one Napoleon Bonaparte slept one night here. So you know. So a couple hundred years later. Yes. Okay. Uh, but uh, just, you know, just sort of walking right. mm-hmm. walking around this small, sleepy German right. town. And just about every fifth or sixth building is a, you know, so-and-so stopped here. So-and-so lived here from this year to this year. So-and-so um, stayed here for a week, born mm-hmm. here, died here. So I think Melanchthon stayed there for a mm-hmm. week. So there was a Melanchthon plaque. But it was just a pretty nice, small, little German town. And not unlike when we were back in Westminster Abbey, there was also some World War II history mm, okay. at Torgau that right outside of Torgau is where uh, Russian and American forces met mm. during World War II. So it wasn't officially the end of mm-hmm. World War II, but it was sort of the beginning of the March on Berlin. Mm-hmm. So that's a, a big historical thing. Our guide was our German guide, Christian, mm-hmm. uh, and he was the one who had given the lecture about German right. history, right. and he had actually lived in separated Berlin, and so sort of talked about what that was like, what it was like when the Berlin Wall came down, and so he also talked some World War Two and sort mm-hmm. of like communist-occupied German history. It was just, it was just a very interesting experience. Uh, it's very kind of hard to explain, but it was very sort of accepting of its history. Mm-hmm. Right. And was like, this is where those forces met. And it was like a big and exciting thing. But also the children's penitentiary. 
Yeah. Was in Torgau. Uh-huh. That's as bad as it sounds, isn't it? Uh, worse. worse. Yeah. Uh, it was described as a national concentration camp mm-hmm. by our tour guide. Yeah. And it was this very strange sort of thing where there, there was... It was like as a historical town, it felt like the town and like the people had all sort of made peace with mm-hmm. their history... The beautiful, wonderful parts. Um, and the not so much. Yeah, yeah Tor- Torgau was sort of the political center mm-hmm. of that region of Germany back in Martin Luther's right. day. So that is where Frederick the Wise governed from, even though he lived in Wittenberg. Right. That was his country home, and this right. was his. This was Washington, D.C., right. and right. so this was where his official residence was, and uh, the various meeting halls and all that were there. So we went to the castle. We saw the greatest thing ever, which is the Moat of Bears. Yes. The Moat of... Okay. I heard all about this that evening. Again, Moat of Bears. As awesome as it sounds. Literally. Was that the first album or the second album by Luther Death House? Just saying. Mm. I think that's going to have to be our follow-up EP to the uh, our, our uh, debut album, Lightning Does Strike Twice. <laughs> so, literally, every other architect in the rest of Europe... We will build this fortified building. Cool, cool. And in order to protect the walls, we will dig a ditch and fill it with water. And the Germans are like, cool, cool. Cool, cool. problem is, there are people who can swim. And boats exist. You know, it is much harder to ford than a ditch full of water. A ditch full of hungry bears. (laughs) So they dug a ditch around the castle. And they put 40 hungry bears in it. Hal Metal. That is so German. That is, and there were still three bears there. Two that, or three bears there. Or there, still, or there are currently there two, two bears. Three, right. uh, and it is a tradition. There are there are always bears, just a couple of them. And as our tour guide pointed out, as you if you will look down, they now have, you know, little play place and like logs that are together so that there's a little bit more for them to do. And so, now that was not native because the original toys for the bears were drunk people. Dumb enough to jump in with the bears. <laughs> Bear moat. There's a very nice reaping and sowing sort aspect to that. I like that. You get what you deserve on that one. But there was just there was just a lot of things where they could be like, yes, this was this important cultural, mm-hmm. you know. So the thing is, there's so many different eras of history on top of yes, one another. That's that's exactly that, that you can have. 500 years ago, this was the epitome. This was the greatest. 250 years ago, it was pretty shaky. But 125 years was great, and 50 years ago, it was a little shaky again. You know, Yeah, 50, 50 years so ago, much... it was pretty terrible. There was some really interesting stuff there. So there was a bunch of, you know, plaques and memorials mm-hmm. about the Reformation. And there were also a lot of plaques and memorials about World War II. And Christian pointed out, if you will look at that memorial, it's in Russian. Mm-hmm. Because this was a big important town for the Americans, it's a big important town for the Russians. This is a big important town for everyone. And he said every year, surviving veterans from World War II come back for not really a celebration, but a commemoration, commemoration. And, a, and like a, like a chance to get together. He said this is actually increasingly important in yeah. our current mm-hmm. political climate that there will also be Russian veterans mm-hmm. coming this year. Having this just very weird history of like combined yeah. as like a place of 
of war and peace and tragedy and enlightenment mm-hmm. and horrific abuses of human rights, but also as a as a sort of ceremonial mm-hmm. place for armistice and discussion. It was just, it was epic. A, it was a it's great epic. place to be. And like frankly, if there was one place that we visited that I kind of wished I could have stayed longer, Ooh, I would have been totally cool to just spend like four hours on my own mm-hmm. in Torgau because it also had things like. Just in passing, like, oh, by the way, that's the oldest family-owned toy store. It, it has a big sign on it that says established, I want to say, 1671, and is currently owned by the 11th generation nice. of toy makers that have been building, that have been making right. toys in that shop in Torgau. That's amazing. There were so many cool things in Torgau that I could have just spent so long there, you know, there was the first Lutheran chapel, mm-hmm. which was built by Frederick the Wise and Martin Luther consecrated. There, there were just uh, so many cool things and sad things and historical mm, and religious. Yes. Like I could have spent so long until but now. You had to get to Leipzig. But we had to get to Leipzig. Leipzig was more of like a real city. There was some interesting historical stuff going on there. There was some interesting modern stuff going on there. The most interesting modern thing that was going on there. You missed it by half a day. I, I, I was there for the sign-up for the Leipzig Gothic Music Festival, which... A little Googling told me it was the largest gathering of goths in Europe annually. We got to Leipzig. And we had a couple of local tour guides who were going to take us around. We broke up into groups. And so we were with our particular uh, tour leader. Very slight, sort of, you know, maybe like 38 to 40 year old, very small, slight German woman with like these little glasses, like cute curly hair, floral sundress. Tour guide slash librarian. Tour guide slash librarian. And she is, you know, walking us through and she's like, this is the town square and here's this. And it's sort of our our cultural center. And you've just walked through the financial district. And now here's more of the residential and and downtown area and this and that. And she's, you might notice there are many people in black. (laughs) And we sort of look over and there's just this huge mass. This wave of people in black jeans and black t-shirts probably like eight people deep, two blocks long. And she says they are signing up for, and she says the, the title in German, she said, which is like, like wave, you know, a wave of, of, of gothics. I have found my people. So is goth wave going to be the first video that we do off of Luther Death House for <laughs> goth wave? And, but, but she would, Let's just clarify. I was the youngest person in this group by a vast majority. None of the youth group teenagers right. were with you. Had come with us on this group. I was the youngest person by about fifteen or twenty years. These were all nice, fuzzy Lutherans, middle-aged Lutherans from wherever, from so they, somewhere in the Midwest. So maybe, so they needed, maybe they needed the warning. Maybe a little bit of assurance, as she says, and. It is very strange, but they come from everywhere. Once every a year, year, every year, they come to Leipzig, and we like them. They are very nice. Do not be scared because they wear all black. They are wonderful people. Very sweet. We take pictures with them. Very nice. Good with children. <laughs> I'm like, this is just the best. This is the best thing. It wasn't thing. Thera. We don't know why they we come. We don't know. 
they come here every year, and we do not know why, but we like them. I'm like, this is this is the greatest thing. This that is the greatest is the thing way, that I could have ever been here that for. Is this the is way perfect. to welcome your goths. We do not understand them, but we love them, for they are nice. And I'm like, yes! Yes, they are. So just waves of goths and punks. They all wear black, and some of them are just just all black, and some in, like, lace, and they they have umbrellas. It is very interesting. <laughs> I was just, just watching this, this sweet, like, slight... You know, little little woman, a uh, German Trying lady, to attempting to explain, attempting to explain what Lolita fashion is to all of these these American middle aged Lutherans. Like this is just this is the greatest. This is the greatest thing I've ever been witness to. I loved it. And everywhere we went, there were just packs of goths because we were going to churches, which hilariously attract goths. Yes, at a very high percentage. Especially 500-year-old churches. Especially. Especially. So that was just, that was really So you guys were hanging out inside the church. They were in the crypts and the graveyards. That's like still, it's still. Still legit. It was really fun. Leipzig, again, lots of Reformation era history. Lots of World War II history. Leipzig, very famously, as our, our tour guide proudly pointed out. Leipzig is very proud of the fact that the marches to demand the fall mm. of the Berlin Wall started in Leipzig. And she took us to the church where those marches started. Nice. That one mm-hmm. day everyone basically just realized enough was enough. And all of the people that had been gathering in the church and grumbling and complaining and mildly planning, maybe plotting a little bit, it all just kind of boiled over that night and went out into the streets and the people that were there just started marching through the streets demanding <laughs> that the wall come down. Right. And slowly people sort of came out of their houses and were just joining the march. And she said by the end, 300,000 people, roughly half the population of Good Leipzig, on you, Leipzig was marching. And so she showed us downtown, right by where the Goths were congregating in this big downtown park there is a massive wall it's the side of this giant giant building about 50 feet tall and a block and a half long and on one end is the wall Mm -hmm. and it's got protesters and east germans and machine guns and guards and then it's a blank black and white wall that's just sort of like crisscrossed mm-hmm. with these in- impressionistic marks all the way down to the end and at the end of the other end of the wall is Leipzig mm-hmm. with candles right it was great and, epic. and she was there mm-hmm. you know she mm-hmm. was 40-ish and so she was like I was there and I saw it I was not brave enough to go out with them but it was one of the greatest days mm-hmm. of my life to see and I was Man. like yes so that was awesome we saw a little bit of touristy stuff. We saw Leipzig University, which again has some 15th century and 20th century mm-hmm. history mm-hmm. that the the university was like the Luther House, originally a monastery. Right. But after the Protestant Reformation, it was no longer a monastery and there was this big open building and the town mm. decided to make it into a university. Nice. And Martin Luther, before he died, did come there, did consecrate the sanctuary. It was a Lutheran 
sanctuary and in Lutheran University proudly for centuries. And then communism. Uh, and yes, you told yeah, me about this. You remember yes, this one? Yes. So we walked through the university, and it's this big modernistic, like spaceship. And we walk all the way what through the university. What you think of as modern European or modern German? Yeah, like just the most like space age swooping right. lines yeah. architecture ever, like Sydney Opera House. Mm-hmm. And we walk through it, and then there's this little bronze statue in the middle of the square. And she brings us all around and she says, this was the cathedral that stood on this place. During the communist occupation, it was bombed. And utterly reduced to rubble. And it was one of the hardest, most terrible, just symbolic Mm, things to happen in Leipzig. After the marches after reunification, after everything. About 10 years ago, they were rebuilding the university. And they wanted to do something to remember the cathedral that had stood there. And so they put that plaque in, but they also built a new cathedral Mm -hmm. as part of the layout of the new university. And so she had us all turn around, and we looked up, and there was a big, like basically just in the middle of this this space age modernist swooping you know skyline of different curves and angles in the middle of it you could sort of see a tall square building with a pointed triangular roof that looked not unlike the uh, the end of a cathedral right. the the eastern wall of a cathedral and it had a big tall pointed windows built into it big tall narrow windows and a big rose window at the top and she said that is the new cathedral built on the bones of the old cathedral. And Mm -hmm. we're like, wow, wow. And she says, and if you look up at the roof, you can see that it's not square, that the roof line is all tilting slightly to the right, Mm -hmm. and that the rose window is also slightly to the right because it's in the process of coming down but not falling. And I'm like, oh! Wow. Ah! That is great. So that... That may have been <clears throat> highlight of, like, coolest historio-religious right. thing. And then we went inside the university, and she said, you know, here's some of the pieces of the rubble that they have kept. So they've got some parts of the wall where you can still see some of the original 14th century monastic frescoes. And they have sections of the wall that are mounted up in the new walls mm-hmm. and plaques about the history of the building and all of that stuff. And it was, just, it was great. It was wonderful. And then at the end of the day, you know, we walked around for a while. We saw a whole bunch of various. Mm-hmm. Luther was here. The Bible was printed here. <laughs> right. He got chased out of town here. This person was a Protestant before that was a, was kosher and had to run away, et cetera, et cetera. And then we had like an hour on our own before we had to head back. It was pretty cool. Like Tor- Torgau was great. Leipzig was cool. So putting those two together was definitely a win-win. That was a great day. No, I stayed I stayed home that day. And I did basically what you and Mom did the day before. Went to the Luther house, saw some of the 95 people, 95 treasures exhibition. I also got to one room where it was just portraits of people with quotes. 
And the quotes were either about Martin Luther in particular, about Reformation, that sort of thing. And there were some modern ones as well, where the quotes were just about the need to change and the need to... Steve Jobs was quoted in there as well as you know, historical... About like modernity and, and progress yeah, and things mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Edward Snowden was in there. Picture of him, you know, the quote, you know, the under the idea of information and the power of spreading a message to bring down the powerful. You know, you can mm-hmm. see some of the some of the connections. Obviously, there are m- many more very specific uh, religious and historical uh, connections as Wasn't, well. People, uh, Pope, Pope Benedict, was Pope also... Benedict, when uh, before he was Pope, uh, from one of his lectures, had uh, talked about the impact of Luther on the church. They actually had Cardinal Ratzinger at the time. Mm-hmm. They had uh, some of his lecture notes for his lecture on the Reformation. Mm-hmm. So he had like you know four pages of you know type notes, then with you know, handwritten notes on the side. Mm-hmm. Let's just say it puts my lecture prep to shame mm-hmm. in terms of. Uh, I mean, I do better powerpoints. Mm-hmm. I mean, let me just say this, but uh, but that was probably one of my one of my favorite little exhibits mm-hmm. was sort of his his four pages of notes for his his lecture on the. On the Reformation. And I think just going through these, like, you know, you said going through a lot of these exhibits, the small ones, the big ones, the major ones, the minor ones, just all, all of this surprising, interesting stuff. Yeah. And I think sort of the surprise aspect of sort of stumbling across some of those things uh, is one of the things that struck me, uh, struck me on that day. I also just wandered around town, did some shopping. Mm-hmm. I, I spied out the best T-shirt ever for you. Oh man, it is the best T-shirt. Let me just say that's going that's going on the website. That's going on the blog. Go check it out for cool T-shirts. Inc. Like it's great. <laughs> Vive la Reformation. Let's say that. And that day, I also ch- uh, tested out. There were two little food, not even truck food cubicles, <laughs> right out in front of our kiosks. Yeah, pretty much. Right, right in front of the in front of the hostel. One was for drinks, and the other was the, I don't remember, the Flamkuchen. Flamkuchen. Which Good as job. close as I could get was Flame Kitchen or Brick Oven. Yes, as mom uh, transliterated later, Fire Cake. They're, exactly. And what they made was incredibly thin crust. Flatbread. Flatbreads. And it's the first of many trips to this kiosk, <laughs> I just mentioned. It's late in the week, but the first of many trips. I got the flame, or the fire. Yeah. One. A few too many jalapenos for me, but man, it was good. Yeah. Um, I like thin crust pizza. I mean, this isn't even, it's called pizza, isn't it? It's not pizza. It's, it's not pizza. It's imagine, imagine matzah yeah, with the, cheese. The thinnest crust, and you start with, instead of tomato sauce, like creme fraiche. Yeah. Basically, you know, white creamy sauce, mm-hmm. and then a handful of things Sour on it. Sour cream and stuff. Throw it in the... Oven for three minutes. Fresh, fresh onions. Man, that was good. So that was my lunch. <laughs> I can't remember what we did for dinner. I know you guys were both wiped out. Oh, for, I, mom got back later than you did. Yeah. What, that was her like nine o'clock, ten o'clock night. Oh, yeah, she did. Yeah, that was. I think so. You and I went back to the the Italian place, didn't we? Because I got literally the exact same thing ah, that I got the first time. Perfect, but over baked potato. Ah, win-win. Yes, I do remember that. I do remember that. Baked potato with salmon and lobster sauce. 
just as good as the pasta with salmon and lobster exactly. sauce. Exactly. The mom got home super late that night. And everybody just Everyone crashed. Everyone just crashed uh, that night. I don't think any of us even went. I think we were going to try and be like, I maybe one, one of us, us should, went to the group. Of of, I, don't think, I don't think we went to prayer. Nobody prayer went to prayer. Prayer was after group. I think yeah, I stopped you went, by you group. You went to group at like 8, and then by well, 8.40, we everyone was done. It yeah. was like shower, bed. Mom got home at like 9.15 and was like, hi guys, how are you? And we were like, asleep. Asleep, go take a shower and go to bed. We love you. Go take a shower and go to bed. Yeah, we love you may have been applied. It may not even been it said. Might not I been don't said. remember. But. We will love you in the morning, but for right now, go take a shower and go to bed. So Friday. Friday was the busy day for mom. And no, for each of us, for you and I, after our days out, we basically were wiped out the next day. Yeah. Like I had experienced you'd gone to... Torgau and Leipzig and were wiped out. And mom was pretty wiped out after her long day. But, but this Friday was the road was, trip to Berlin. And this was to. originally you and her, and you I was like, you I were can't out. do it. Can't do it. I can't do it. I was like, Mom, I walked eight miles yesterday on a twisted ankle. I can't do this. I am not going can't anywhere. Do this. But mom went to Berlin on her own. And that was a great had a great, idea. great idea. Uh, I went to morning prayer at the church, and then you and I hung out. Basically yeah. all day. We did shopping. Uh, that was the day where we found the t-shirt. Yep. That I had spied. And, and acquired it. You bought some other socks that said, oh my here God. I stand. The Luther Zucken. Here I stand on your socks. And I gave them to my, my favorite ex-Catholic who's moving away shortly. I was like, <laughs> for you. For your next... On, in, in, in your, your journey. In, in your, your journey. future endeavors. On your journey. Take these with you and remember, here I stand. <laughs> And this was the day for the one thing that we wanted to get oh, to. The, this was going to be the thing that we were like, we're going to do We're going to do this together. For this. For this. To report on on this episode of Darkness to Light. Unhelige Bilder. Or Unholy Pictures. Here, here's the description. Flyers and propaganda cartoons have been an important part of the reformers' publicity from the very beginning. This exhibition presents modern cartoons which are not blasphemous but critical and occasionally humorous about church. Most are in German, but it may be worth a look. Yes. Yes, it would be worth a look. But it was closed the day we went. Because the, they the were having after. an event on Sunday. <laughs> so they oh. were already closed. Oh, so we missed our... We missed our shot. ...chance to go t- and see the cartoons, which would have been our perfect fit for this episode. But uh, we did make up for it by having lunch at the Potato House. Der, Car- der-, Kartoffel. der Kartoffel House. What would I say in, in Germany? They have their own IHOP, but the P stands for potatoes. Yes. And we knew that this was the right place because we show up and there's a giant menu in very, very small printed German with no English whatsoever. And you go, okay, this might be complicated. You sit down and the waitress walks over and says, Guten Tag. And you say, hello. And she goes, English menu? Yes. yes. Exactly. <laughs> and I had the potato hacienda, which was Basically an enchilada. But on a potato. But on a potato instead of wrapped. And? It was awesome. And with cabbage. And with cabbage because no matter how Mexican you get, you're still Still in in Germany. Germany. That was pretty great. What potato do you have? Oh, oh. I had potato pancakes. Ah, yes. Caprese. So it was with the sliced tomato and sliced mozzarella and fresh basil all up on some potato pancakes and baked in the oven. And a bowl of sweet potato mango, sweet potato 
mango soup with curry sauce and baby shrimp. Was that as good as it sounds? I mean, it was pretty great. Let me say, I <laughs> loved my enchilada potato, but I realized you had gone for it. Oh, you yeah. really went for it on that one. Oh, yeah. It's like latkes and a caprese salad at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like, literally mm-hmm. the greatest thing I've ever eaten. And, of course, I made it into sandwiches, and the waitress was very confused by what I was doing, yeah, cutting yeah. up my pancakes and my... And my cheese, and not giving any of it whatsoever to you. Yeah. But by that point, we had gotten from the days in the high 80s to the day in the low 70s. Yeah. So sitting outside, wandering. Sitting by, I I do want to point this out, by the canal. Because there's like a nice little skinny canal that goes right down the center street of, of Wittenberg. And so like sitting by the canal, on the sidewalk, with the breeze. Felt very European. Oh, it was good. It was very good. And then, of course, we walked literally right past the ice stand with no name and got ice on the way back to the hostel. And what was your new favorite? Oh, marzipan ice cream. Marzipan ice cream, which I gladly proselytized to every single person true. who would ask. Mango was epic. Yes. Because that such a, has such a pungent, and biting flavor. And, as my mom found, every single place Hazelnut. has hustleness. Yes, excuse me. Hustleness. Indeed. So we went anywhere. We got hustleness. Um, oh, and the one last thing that I forgot. I'm going to skip back to Torgal. The literal ice cream sundae on top of this day is that right by where we were going to meet the bosses, there was an ice cafe. Mm-hmm. Of course there was. It had double espressos. Of course it did. And what? Luther ice. Which was chocolate almond rum ice cream yes and was possibly that and the double espresso before the second half of my day pretty great combo pretty much the best decision that i made in the entirety of the week we were in germany it it had luther in the name so i assumed it was beer or some related Mm -hmm. yeah it had it had alcohol in it of course it did oh man that was good it's the only time i paid more than one euro for a scoop of ice cream i thought it was worth it you know, I don't like this wanton, flagrant spending. Uh, right, right. But just this once. Just this just once. Just this once. And then that evening, we were feeling in the mood for some good old-fashioned American food. This is my favorite thing in the world. If you're friends with me on Facebook, you saw me post very excitedly about this. I love going to other countries and getting, quote, authentic, authentic. American cuisine, unquote. Because you never know what you're going to get. You could walk in and there could be pizza in there. It's usually hamburgers, but not always. Sometimes it's baked chicken because mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. haven't quite understood the, the, the deep fried, yeah, the southern yeah, deep yeah. fried thing. You, it's literal, literal roulette wheel. But this one but was almost, not really hiding what it was. No. And, and almost every single one is okay food, mm-hmm. but not even close to being American. Yeah. I'm still mildly perturbed. At the authentic American burger I got in London like five years ago. Last time I was in London. Which had no ketchup, mustard, or lettuce. It had rocket, a.k.a. arugula. Right, that's a lettuce equivalent. Horseradish sauce, which is just totally incorrect. And Swiss cheese, not cheddar. Uh. I'm like, "You you are 0 for 3, my friend. 
But this place in Wittenberg knew what they were doing. And they did it well. And they were Wittenbergers. Man. That was good old home cooked American burgers. Quarter pound burgers. On huge German On huge German buns. With various sesame seeds and three or four types of seeds, I'm sure, on those buns. They were epic. Um, Yes, they got everything right, which is quarter pound burgers. Giant side dishes. Yeah. Loud music. Mm. Mason jars. (laughs) Free water. And most importantly, regardless of what type of food your establishment serves, nachos. They did have nachos, so that that did fit the American. So Wittenberger just wins forever. Best American food outside of America. It's a good burger. It's official. Your, All your of the sweet burgers... potato fries weren't too shabby either. Oh, those were good. I had the regular fries. You had this Swiss kartoffel. I had the kartoffel Swiss, fries. Swiss kartoffel. Mm. You did good. That was a good decision. And that's one, the trip from Berlin... Based on traffic and stuff, it's hard to tell exactly when your mom was going to make it back. She made it back at about, like, seven. Yeah, so I swung back to get to the group event. And then, I guess you took her out to dinner yes. after that or something. You mm-hmm. guys hung out. Went to a little, sort of like more, like, upscale cafe. This was not on the main street, but again, right. one, one street, street over. street over. And so it so was... Off the tourist drag. Yeah, so it wasn't a tourist restaurant, but it was still, you know, nearby. Just sort of... Sort of like upscale German. So she got her sauerbraten, and she got like so that was about, her, about the last potatoes, thing to check off her list, her German much. list. I I cannot describe how wonderful it is to just be outside yes. in some nice mild climate. Like we asked Michael Bridges, is, is it what ever? is this weather? And he was like, oh yeah, this it's... is not normal. And I was like, well, you're welcome. <laughs> like we brought we brought the good weather from Ohio. To London, to Germany, those, back to London, back to The first couple Ohio, days were pretty so. warm, but after that, we nailed. And it didn't rain until Sunday. Mm-mm. We had, yeah. we were there six, six and a half days without rain, which was pretty pretty rare for them. In the main square of Wittenberg, there right. were tons of people that were setting up and playing music. There was a Lutheran handbell choir there oh, yeah, from Minnesota. Friday, yeah, it was Friday, so, yep. Like, there were small children dressed up like Martin Luther and the various other reformers doing a pantomime. Like, it was... Uh, the evening sort of main downtown entertainment right. was always yeah, there a was delight. a square. Even if you, the, the, even there if was you didn't a square. There was a square with a stage, and... Mm-hmm. and even if you weren't like watching it, you could just sort of hear it through right. pretty much the whole town. It's a small town. You could just hear either people singing hymns or playing handbells or, or you know, doing whatever children's choirs. It was just, right. oh, it was lovely. Yeah, that evening I headed back and did the evening event. Then I went to bed. I guess mom went to bed. You went to that was the night that you went to the castle. No, she went. Yeah, she went with me because again, we were right next to the castle church. Right, exactly. Why not? Oh, and there was a really cool exhibit that was set up near the castle church that I'm not Mm -hmm. sure if you ever saw because it was Mm -hmm. on sort of the far side. Mm -hmm. Uh, And since we were coming up sort of the back way from that one street over, we we got it from it. There was this thing called, I believe it was our door. Mm. That we set up in Wittenberg. So, of course, it's like, you know, the door. It's a really big thing. And it was this art installation that was for a a nonprofit organization that collaborated with the church Mm -hmm. for 
like helping to resolve homelessness. Mm. And so it was this big two-story tall like metal framework that had all of these doors at all different angles. So it was all open doors. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. And all of them had been painted by different volunteer groups or advocacy (laughs) groups or whatever. And there were just a whole bunch of things that were like home is family and love and safety and security and togetherness and community. And I was just like, oh. And so I sort of, we walked around that for 15 minutes until the the service was going to start. And that was really, that was really cool. I don't think I got any pictures of it, but I'm going to see if I could like find some online. That was a very cool, very moving installation that again, that was sort of the whole point of we want to spend actually a good amount of time in Wittenberg, just right. wandering around looking for these little things. Yeah, because that, they had, I mean, they had obviously gone all out. Um, you know, the city had so many of these sort of official events, unofficial events. You said sort of public art installations, some with admission fees, some without admission fees. So there's just such a range of activities just right there within okay. Wittenberg. But that was just, that was a, that was a really a nice cool one. Yeah, it had a, and one. it had a little plaque about it. And it was like, you know, we've worked to um, house this many teens mm, and this right. many abuse victims and this many people uh, recovering from alcoholism or drug use. These like elderly people and all that. And I was just like... You know, Not, people right. with disabilities, and it had all these stats, and it was like everyone should find their own home. And I'm just like, oh my god! It's like we're bringing people home, and right. I'm just like, and it's right next to the church, and like the, and mm-hmm. I'm in Germany, and there's all these, and I'm feeling so many emotions. It was really good. That's epic. I did not see that one. I did not see that one. That brings us to Saturday, the last full day, and this was a day with no scheduled. Events of any kind. Again, so this, this was, was a packing day. This was a pack day, chill out day, last minute shopping for everyone day. I'm sure that's how it, it was scheduled. And this was the last event that I did in the castle uh, castle church morning prayer. Uh, me and mom uh, did that. And then this was one of the things we picked up a flyer for early on. We didn't know about it until we got there. And that was the boat ride. The Elba River Cruise. That was the highlight of my day. Because yeah, Mom and I had enough shopping to do that day and other things that we set you off that. It was in a little bit of okay, it was weird a, part of town because you have to get to the docks. Okay, so you didn't you didn't cross to the other side of the tracks, but you walked down, down the, the tracks. tracks. And you, you, went, could, you went to the subway, and then you went... No, off. we mean the subway sandwich place, yeah, you actually. Went to, you went to the subway next to the Aldi's, and then there was like an underpass, and you went... Through this tunnel, under the overpass. So I did walk you, you walked, halfway there. Then you walked on the old train tracks until they turned into the new train tracks. And then you went onto the bike path. And you took the bike path down. And then you went around the corner. And then you saw the river. And then you followed the river. You went up a hill, over the hill, and then down to the boat. Once I saw the river, and I saw people ahead in the distance... So, we're like, okay. Okay, you can do this on your own. The nice thing was... The direction, I just, yeah, the directions that Michael gave us, they were they were accurate. They were very, very accurate. But about two-thirds of the way through the directions, he said, now, at the moment that you think, I can't, can't be, possibly be going the right way. That's how you know. You're going the you're right going way. You're going the right way. And I was like, that sounds really counterintuitive, but okay. And then we were on there. We had been walking for 12 minutes. I couldn't see the river. And I was like, there is... Literally no way that this is the right way. And you were like, well, he did tell us that that was the final landmark. And I was like, okay, so the 
Okay, feeling of total despair is the final landmark. Okay, cool. Walked two more minutes, saw the river, looked over the hill, saw the boat. And I said, okay, you're on your own. And the nice thing was, in Wittenberg, all I had to do was do 180 degrees. And you could see the and tower? I saw the tower of the castle church. So, okay, I just walked back that direction vaguely, and I'll be okay. Yeah. So it was like a two-hour two cruise. Ride. It yeah. was 15 euro. And we'd planned on that being kind of... It may have been a family, family Yeah, when event. we when we made our original plan, it was like, okay, so there's one day where it's going to be dad on his own, me and mom. Then one day, mom and dad. Mm-hmm. One day, me and mom. This, one day, us this, all together. This was the day we'd all be together. But we were all really exhausted. We had mom all been, still had shopping to do. Mom still had shopping to do. We had all been sleeping in the same bedroom now for two weeks. Because <laughs> even when we were in London, we right? still only had one room. We were all pretty bushed. And I really, 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 really wanted, wanted to, to do take this. that boat cruise. Yeah. Like, I really wanted to take the boat cruise. You guys were eh, less interested in it. It was, you know, okay, moderate on your And 15 list. euro versus 30 versus 45. Yeah, so for 45 euro, you guys were not totally sold. So you sent me off on my way with 15 euro and a vague direction of where we were going. And I read the Welcome to Night Vale book. While I was on a boat, while it was very peacefully raining outside, looking at the German countryside, drinking an Irish coffee, and it was exactly what the doctor ordered. This was a win-win for you. This was total win. You and Mom got to spend some time together on your own, wandering Wittenberg. You guys had a nice time. You relaxed. I took my boat ride. My boat ride finished at 1, at like 1.30. I met you back at the flatbread place. Yes! So we have to do the flatbreads. All together, like we gotta. So it's tradition is one with they had like corn. Oh and yeah, the, like vegetarian, the vegetarian corn and mushroom and, and shallots and onions yeah, and, and pepper and, and leek and the traditional quote unquote had some bacon. Bacon and cabbage. Yeah, exactly. Traditional in a German In a German sense. manner. What are what are the German traditions? Uh, let's see. Cheese, um, pork, cabbage. Sour cream. Hello. On the flatbread. Hello. Yes. Delicious. And then walking through Wittenberg for a week, there was one exhibit. It was not in the booklet anywhere. It was just sort of a, that sprung up there during the, uh, during the, the Jubilee. Yeah. That we all decided individually we wanted to go to, and if we weren't going to do the boat ride together, but this was the one thing we were going to do together. And it was put on by the uh, Museum of the Bible, Sponsored it uh, here in, in Washington, D.C. from the International and American Bible Societies. And it was a free exhibit called Unser Book, uh, Our Book. And it was the history of the Bible and the Germans. And it was great. It was, it was like, amazing. For the free, unofficial exhibits that were just popped up there in the middle of town. <sighs> Admittedly, the expectations were low. Well, but it had, was epic. We had moderate expectations yeah. going in. Mm-hmm. Then we realized it was free, and our expectations uh, plummeted. Mm-hmm. And then we walked through the door and were bowled over. First off, we had a docent, a tour guide with us. Yep, a personalized tour guide. Who um, spoke English and was relieved was, that we did. She was so nice. She had only been there for, for about four as days. As long as we had been there. So we, I think we'd all gotten there on... Monday, you know, Monday. And she was like, oh, thank goodness, someone else who speaks English. Uh, and so the three of us and our personalized tour guide 
had a fantastic it time. It was great. The subtitle for the exhibit was called From Moses to the Moon. So it started with Torahs and went all the way to the Moon Bible. It was taken up on one of the yep. one of the moon mm-hmm. missions. Mm-hmm. So that was amazing. And they had small Bibles, big Bibles. They had uh, first many first printings in a variety of languages. Mm-hmm. Original translations. They did not have the Wampanoag Bible. Mm. They had a scan of a page uh, true. from yes. the Wampanoag Bible, the first book published in America, and one of two surviving texts in Wampanoag. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Side note, I'm probably sure that I have pimped it on this podcast before, but if I have not pimped it on this podcast before, please look into the documentary We Still Live Here about the project to reconstruct the spoken Wampanoag language. It is phenomenal. Included in, in this exhibit was uh, a hand crank printing press. Yep, a functional printing press from which you could print a Bible verse. Mm-hmm. Only one. Because it was only set up to do the one. Yep. I think that well, every, as, every as day our, or three or four days, they as would our guide switch pointed, it out, maybe. As our guide pointed out, it takes a long time to set a page. So today, yes. we are printing one page. And tomorrow, we will print another page. Exactly. Because that is how they Between did it. the wood blocks and the shims and the this and the and that. the alignment was... and the inking and the yes, this and the very, that. So. Very tricky. But it was super cool. And they gave it to us for free. <laughs> But one of the coolest things they had was an exhibit on the Weidman Bible, which was an art project, an art project by a, it's one of those stories of no one knew he was doing this until after he passed away. And it's basically a verse by verse. I or think it's chapter, chapter by chapter. Chapter by chapter. A painting of the events of the Bible. The whole Bible. The whole Bible. And it's, in essence, one piece of paper, in a sense, that's folded and it folds and unfolds. And If, if anyone knows the kids' book, From Here to the Moon, mm. it's like that. That is the, it, side, right. side note for anyone who's interesting, that is the world record holder for the longest, physically longest, right. children's book. And it is a single piece of paper that's folded over. It's about 45 pages long. And each one of the pages is a fold in this accordion fold. So as you read it, you fold the first page up and then you fold the second page up and the third page up and the fourth page up. And if you stretch the whole thing out, it's about 18 feet long. This is that, but it's like half a mile long. It is enormous. (laughs) They didn't have the book. They had the, the scanned. They had a really cool computerized program that would show you and, and display the unfolding aspects of it and then they did give us a book of the yeah, book g- of exodus yeah they gave us the book of exodus because we just mentioned wow this is so cool and our docent friend said you know i think we have some of those in the back and we were like oh my gosh could we see them and she was like sure and she asks her german-speaking colleague he goes into the back and he gets one and brings it out she's like yeah the only one we have right now is exodus but here's here's all of exodus it's about 85 pages long and we were like, oh, cool, awesome. And she's like, yeah, now you can look at it. And we're flipping through and we're like, wow, this is so cool. And she's like, yeah, you can have it. And we were like, okay. How? Okay, well, how much is that? She's like, no, it's free. You can have it. It is epic. It is incredible. I'm going to see if we can find some scans of this art yes, or a or, link or, to the project. Yeah, link to the project, yeah. It is amazing. And it has like all of the plagues. So it's two pages of this book, two, like one full accordion 
fold mm-hmm. of the book is each one of the plagues. And so, of course, the copy that we have is literally all in German. But you have River of Blood on one side and uh, Frogs Locust on the and... other. And then you have mm-hmm. Flies and Dead Livestock. And, and then hail. you have Hail. You have hail and locusts, and then you have darkness and death. And it's just so cool. It's all done in this really angular, it almost it, was it reminiscent of the Prince of Egypt. Yeah, but not well, not more not not hieroglyphic. But it, the way it unfolded, specifically Exodus, it certainly had that feel to it. Uh, if you you know that scene in the Prince of Egypt, if you haven't watched the Prince of Egypt, please go watch it at this moment. Stop this podcast and go do that where Moses freaks out and has a horrible dream sequence where he's in the hieroglyphics. Imagine that. It's, uh. it's sort of, it looks like a, like a weaving, as if mm-hmm. someone had woven this story like a tapestry. So it's all of these 45-degree angles and 90-degree angles and bright block color. Like, most of it was done in, like, marker and pencil. It is awesome in, like, the proper... The proper mm, way. Mm, mm, mm. Oh, great stuff! I know we're getting really distracted, but it's really Sorry pretty. About that. And that was that was the highlight for me of that exhibit. That, but oh. even up to that point, it was pretty epic exhibit. The Un- that, Unser book. That whole that exhibit was definitely the highlight of the day. Were there maybe seventy five minutes? Maybe it wasn't, oh, we weren't there that long. It there. wasn't. It's not very long. No, it was only. Long. It was a single single building. Maybe you know. F- Basically one room, but sort of broken right. into four rooms that you could walk through to sort of do. But we saw, every, we like saw sort of, everything sort of like the they Jewish, had. The Jewish history side, mm-hmm. and then like early Christian, second and third century, mm-hmm. and then Reformation, and then early modern. And you basically went through the entirety of the history of the translation and copying of the Bible in four rooms. And it was incredible. I mean, part of it was not having expectations, but even now, thinking about it two weeks later, it was just great. Everyone's been asking, like, what is the best thing about Germany? And I'm like, mm, Unserbuch. For a combination of religious experience and, like, content, historical importance... Just, just a really the, well curated. I was going to say the quality group. of the curation. By and very uh, pleasant, knowledgeable people. Yes, that was that was. And, great. and in terms of the exhibits, in terms of the Luthery Bible, Christiany, religiousy things, it was the last thing we did, and that was a pretty great way to go out. I think so. It was like going out on top. I and think. we were not able to get into unholy pictures. Right, but. In Unser book, they had several copies of the Reformation era Bible. And there were some that were, you know, the full text transcribed. And there were some that had a few pictures. And Mm -hmm. then there was one that Mm. was literally my first coloring Bible. (laughs) And it was 450 years old. And she was talking about, so here's how the printing press worked. And we know this because Mm -hmm. comic books. Yes. You printed everything in one, one color. color at a time. And then you did the next block and the next block and the next block. So things like this, points to a full color Bible, are very expensive because for each one of the colors, it either had to be hand painted or printed eight times. 
Either way, that's a lot of time and effort, so it's much more expensive. But we just or, have this picture, this picture Bible. Or you Bible can color it just, in yourself. That's just black. It's just black. You print it once, and you give it to people and let them color it them in themselves. And I was like, oh my gosh, the My First Coloring Bible is 450 years old. <laughs> it's like... As Mom pointed out, when we went to the uh, <laughs> the the ninety five people mm-hmm. section, ninety five treasures display, and we saw a study Bible, she said people have been writing in the margins of their Bibles. This is a grand tradition for five hundred years. So everyone who tells me I need to stop writing in my Bible, they are I'm going back are, to Luther, wrong. buddy. I'm going Don't... back to the Lutheran tradition. And then here, it's people have been coloring and writing in their Bibles. Literally since they've been able to get their hands on them. And again, there's there's just something comforting about that. Yes. People have been telling stories with comic books since the beginning. So suck it, like intellectual <laughs> purists. Boom! There was one last place to eat that we hadn't gone to, that we'd walked by a few times, because it was up by where the buses were, sort of in the other side of town. And that was, again, one of these stalls called the Brattery. So we went up there, and we got brats. Or as I say, I had a side of brat with my dinner of mustard. <laughs> um, yes. Generous Germans when it comes to their mustard. And at last, your sinuses were cleared. Your head was relieved of pressure. Everything, everything was clear and beautiful for a brief period of time, all because of that mustard. Yes. And what we like to call real mustard. Woo! And and I'll say this, not to criticize our European friends, Mm -hmm. and, you know, it's certainly not the case that America gets everything right, Mm -hmm. but I will give us credit for one thing that I noticed, Uh and that is that we have done a pretty great job stigmatizing public smoking. Yeah. I think part of the coughing and the wheezing that we did was we were walking through between both London and Germany, way more secondhand public smoking than we're and used to. And any of us are used to, probably by a solid ten times. Like, yeah, uh. it, was, it was incredibly noticeable. Yeah. <laughs> but like you said, the mustard, that certainly helped. <laughs> yes. I, sh- I should well, have been see, taking doses of that regularly to clear my sinuses. Yeah, we kept trying to find medication to fix this problem. You should have known. known. You just needed a shot of vitamin mustard. <laughs> a brat. A shot of a broad, that would have done it. So that was the last full day that we had, but we were not done yet. No, because we we had to wrap up this this whole cultural event with what? Luther. The rock opera. So Sunday morning, because of the nature of the, the you know, when we had to leave in a group event, so we did sort of a not really a church service. We basically did a Church camp. Church camp. Basically, VBS. <laughs> did VBS for a half hour, singing silly songs and doing all of that. Yeah, forgetting that there was a line about birds and bees in the Noah's Ark song. It's possible your Methodist VBS skipped that one. Might have actually, actually skipped that verse. possible that they skipped that verse. Mom was like, they, I forgot that line was in there. I'm like, that's possible. I never heard that line. Coming out by three Zs, three Zs. <clears throat> anyway, go home and ask your parents about the birds and beezies, beezies, children of the Lord. So that happened, and because as as we said, most of the leaders of this event were musicians in one way or another. So a lot of music, a lot of again, a church church camp, a kids yeah, kids type of music. 
And then we moved into the one of business. Michael Bridges' latest musical projects, Luther, the rock opera. Which was not the life of Martin Luther meets Hamilton the musical, but we did have the guy with us. Pretty darn close. Who did that? So, yeah, a couple things going on here. Uh, this was somewhat based on a graphic novel. The plan for this eventual rock opera is to have a multimedia display of basically panels from the comic book. Mm-hmm. And my, minor sets, minor costumes. Right. Uh, not true, like, musical casting. Right. But sort of, uh, for whoever is playing the role of Luther at whatever time, they get the hat. Whoever is playing the role of the Pope at that time gets the hat. Whoever is walking on and off into, like, an apron or uh, a jacket or something in order to signify set change or character change. With these very singable songs. And so the idea is to eventually have this as a pretty portable usable church, church usable performable piece mm-hmm. and we got some of the some of the previews of it yes and we have a few recordings of that which hopefully again hopefully are currently playing under this episode and we also met at that point the gentleman who had as you had talked about had sort of done a rap hip-hop version of some Luther material. And as you s- said when you talked to him, boy, that sounds a lot like well, Martin said, Luther meets Hamilton. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's exactly yeah. what it I, is. I said, uh, you know, as soon as I heard that this existed, I said, oh, it's church history and Hamilton. Those are two things that I love. And he goes, oh, you just literally reiterated my pitch on Kickstarter. And that entire album, which is called Here I Stand, the Lutheran mixtape yes. is available on his website, which is andypokel.bandcamp.com. That's P-O-K-E-L. There will be links on the in the show notes on the blog post for yes, this episode. Uh, it's, it's on the Tumblr, and it's free to listen to if you want to download the digital album. I want to say it's maybe like 9 or $10. It's, it's quite good. I highly we'll recommend say, as it. As goofy as that could it, sound, it was pretty great well again the, the pitch the, the pitch for hamilton is pretty goofy like the pitch for true. this Fair is enough. equally goofy and is quite good so uh if there is anyone else they are in that admittedly kind of small venn diagram of uh <laughs> hamilton fans of hamilton who also fans love church, and history. church history nerds um listen to this album with me it's quite good and uh, he performed some songs from his album in conjunction right. with Luther the Rock Opera. It was a great experience. We got some good pictures from it. Mm-hmm. Very, very, very cool experience. And that was just a fun way and just to a, wrap it up. Yeah, you know? just like just to sort of to sort of crystallize all of the mm-hmm. all of the experiences and just kind of go out with this upbeat bang. That was it. That was it. Uh, It was raining that day, so we ran out to get our last thin crust. We didn't necessarily want to run into the town to get get dinner before the buses came. So we got our last thin crusts, bus ride to the Berlin airport, flight to Heathrow. The next day, we were back home in Columbus, Ohio. And two weeks later, I'm still on the high. Yeah. 
That was a a whirlwind globe trotting experience, and I am I am I still haven't entirely parsed yeah. in my brain the experience. This like is, on the, like this on has the last helped day. me. Let me just say, having two and a half hours to pour out here into a microphone has really helped me. I know you've been able to talk to some people at work, talk to some family and other friends about it, but to have this intense conversation has really helped me process it and remember it and relive it. And it is it was just and, such a terrific idea. And actually, I'm, gl- I'm glad you and mom let me come along. Yes. Because as we established, I'm glad you were going either way. I'm glad you let yourself be dragged along. <laughs> and because you mentioned it, I am glad that I mildly straight up bullied and harangued you into getting an iPhone with Google Translate before we went to okay, a foreign country. Okay, that did help my comfort level massively. I will confess to that. It was day 12 of this trip. And I was on the Elba River, and I was reading my book, and I was drinking my Irish coffee, and I had like a moan of clarity where I sort of like looked up for a minute and looked out the window and went, I'm in Germany. That is so cool. That is so cool. And then the uh, tour guide said in German, and if you will look immediately to your left, you will see the Wasser Luther. We were just scooting right past this little island there on the Elbe River, and on it was a statue of Martin Luther. Of course, because it's Wittenberg. And I thought... There are Luthers everywhere. This, this, this summarizes my whole experience right here. And to me, one thing I like just about this overall trip, and I think we were careful in, in our language, you know, they were careful... In their language as well. Yes, Michael Bridges specifically yes, very specific. once or twice. And that, and that's that. This is not a celebration of the Reformation. It's not like woohoo, schism, yay! Yeah. Although the joke was, once every five hundred years, it may be okay for Lutherans to throw a party. Oh, since since we're on this side note of Lutheran jokes, I am still mildly disappointed. That you did not have like the well, that was one the, of the one the of the vocal, days my voice was not quite strength. was not quite working uh, full power that day. It was the day that I was at the group meeting by myself, which is also amazing. See, this is so why, I was so I was literally why, the only non-Lutheran. This is why Mom doesn't group. feel comfortable just letting you go off on adventures on your own all the time. You troublemaker. But through my head, I wanted to say because this was a mix of a mix of American Lutherans. Mm-hmm. So they were from the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America and the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. And so I wanted to just in the open discussion time, I so much wanted to raise my hand and say, "So, could someone explain to me what's the difference between the ELCA and the LCMS and which is better?" Rubble, hey, Caves. hey, hey! So you were getting in touch with your Lutheran heritage. See, I wanted to start another Reformation right there, right there. I the mean, Luther I was near the back door, trip. so if things got a little feisty, I could just, I could just, you could just duck right walk my way out, and I'd be back in the room in no time. It would be perfect. So I was not able to say that one out loud, but uh, but you thought it, and I was proud of you. But they were careful. Again, in saying this is not a celebration, this is a 
a commemoration. We, a we, meditation. Yeah, we, we were recognizing the historical event. I thought that was important. I think that, and I think that was true in, 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 mm-hmm. in all of the exhibits, the, the, both the cultural, the historical, the religious. It was always in this, mm-hmm. I think, really in this appropriately meditative, yeah. uh, educational mm-hmm. sort of content. A lot of the exhibits made sure to mention, in the wake of the Reformation, was the Peasants' Revolt. Mm-hmm. Like, there were a lot of people who died. And, you know, you can you can speak out against violence all that you want, you know. And Martin Luther can say, this is unacceptable. Fight only with your words. But things like this, when they are this culturally, like, important and perspective shifting and schism causing there's going to be collateral damage and right. a lot of places sort of like my my experience in Torgal in micro form you can say the reformation was great for all of these things and it, it it embodies all these things about free speech and openness of information and all this stuff but a lot of people died mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. recognizing both of those and being able to say this is part of our history and we're proud of it but we're not going to whitewash right. the terrible things or mm-hmm. ignore the problems that came out of this or the the, the atrocities that happened and and, and and like we said the the germans seem to have a pretty solid understanding of that from world war ii and the cold war the east german side and etc and, and before and after and since uh they seem to understand that so i think that i think that helped Mm-hmm. Sort of culturally as, yeah, as more, well. More, more so than if we were in America and went to a Lutheran-sponsored Luther celebration. Yeah. It would have been different. Mm-hmm. And so I am, I'm very glad that we went and we did this. And like we said, the tour itself was organized just beautifully. Mm-hmm. Um, start to finish and the, the, the city of Wittenberg. Very welcoming and just the number of exhibits. Again, official exhibits, unofficial. Again, our, 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 our favorite the our book exhibit was sort of, was an, just an, an unofficial uh, exhibit. So you know the combination of all of those things. Uh, and I, th- I think it hit on the uh, educational, the devotional, the family, the historical, the social. I mean, there were just things happening at so many so many different levels. Very very enjoyable. And we know this is a long episode, but we thank you for your indulgence. This is essentially us showing everybody our vacation photos for two and a half hours while they are our literal captive audience and we're in their ears. Thank you. We are going to post some actual pictures. I've been posting some pictures Hopefully. on the Tumblr. There will be links to Andy Pogel's mixtape. We're going to see if we can find some videos of Lost and Found performing various songs. We're going to see if we can find a recording of Reformation Rock somewhere. Maybe a preview for Luther the Rock Opera. Some mm-hmm. pictures from that. Images from the Luther comic. So please, I, I ask, check out our Tumblr regularly, but specifically... Uh, we're sort of on a Reformation Luther 500 binge at the moment. So if any of this is of interest to you, do go check out the Tumblr. There are lots of pictures and music and videos and things like that that you can also check out if you're interested. So as our friends in Lost and Found like to say, Lutherans, non-Lutherans, Catholics, Protestants, whatever, we are with you. And also with you.
While you're waiting for the next podcast episode, check out our websites. DorknessToLight.blogspot.com contains reviews, essays, and other similar ramblings. And DorknessToLight.tumblr.com, which contains some of that material, as well as top tens, cool photographs, memes, and religious puns. We also run a general interest comic book podcast network, Relatively Geeky. That content can be found at relativelygeekypodcast.blogspot.com or by searching iTunes for Relatively Geeky. Let us know what you think of this topic, this episode, or this podcast in general. Feel free to send your thoughts to us at dorknesstolight at gmail.com. We would also appreciate any ratings or reviews left for the podcast in the iTunes store to help like-minded people find us. Our intro, outro, and promo music is by Anderson Kale. Check them out at andersonkale.com or search iTunes to purchase their music. Thanks for listening.